Bibles, open up to Ezekiel. No, scratch that. Ecclesiastes, starts with a knee. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, will be 9 and 10 tonight. As we work our way through, again, I just wanted uh, to remind you what we are peering into. We are reading what would have been a monologue that would have been uh, acted out as a speech act where you would have one person presenting the philosophy of Coalette and a narrator introducing and bringing the conclusion at the end. So we're in the middle part. Now one of the things you're going to notice tonight and maybe a couple of other times, we've touched upon some, some scripture that people use for doctrine. Now, I don't know, what do you think? Ecclesiastes is a place we should go for doctrine? Yeah, especially not Colette. That's like saying, I'm going to quote Job's friends. You know, when you quote Job's friends, it might sound good. But at the end of Job, God says, hey, Job's friends were wrong. So, I wouldn't quote them. Right? It doesn't mean there's nothing right in what they said. But that's not where we go for doctrine. The same way when we look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is meant to be, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like poetry. Um, it is meant to be a, a, a monologue presented, a philosophy that is life without God, and the narrator is going to say, hey, this is all about life without God. That's how he starts. This is life under the sun. And then at the end, he's going to say, hey, be careful of philosophies like this. What you want to do is follow God and keep his commandments. So that's the bracket around the book of Ecclesiastes. So we're, we got one more, uh, one more time next week. We'll finish up Ecclesiastes. But as we look at it, <clears throat> we're in 9 and 10 tonight. So let's read uh, 9 and 10 together and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man doesn't know. For both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And as he who swears is, so is he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil. Madness is in their heart while they live and after they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their envy have already perished, and forever they will have no more share in all that is done under the sun. So go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white, let not oil be lacking on your hand. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun. Because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is hated, and his words are not heard. 
The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. For wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Dead flies make the performers the perfumers ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right and a fool's heart to the left. But when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense and he says to everyone that he is a fool. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place. For calmness will lay great offenses to rest. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun. As it were, an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen slaves on horses, and princes walking on the ground like slaves. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a servant will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stone is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt... And one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there's no advantage to the charmer. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, though no man knows what is to be, And who can tell him what will be after him? The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is a son of the nobility and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Through sloth, the roof sinks in. Through indolence, the house leaks Bread is made for laughter, wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature will tell the matter. Let's pray. Father God, as we come now to this uh, uh, this fourth section, as we look at uh, at Ecclesiastes, God, I pray that your spirit would be with us, God, that you would guide and lead us in truth. Father, that you open our eyes and just help us to be able to see what's being portrayed out in front of us. God, give us uh, the wisdom of your spirit and direct the thoughts and the intents of our heart that we might honor you. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we begin, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, it's probably the height of uh, uh, Kohelet's pessimism. Uh, He doesn't have too much longer to be pessimistic. He's coming to the end of his speech. But it's probably the height of it. Basically, his point is, everybody dies. Hopefully you can get that sense as we read it. No matter you're wise or you're a fool, no matter you're rich or you're poor, no matter where you are, what you're doing in life, the same thing happens to everybody. Everybody dies, and that's where his comprehension stops. So he says, then the result, as he's looking for the meaning of life, he says, the only meaning I can find is to carpe diem, eat, drink, and be merry now, because tomorrow you're going to die. So it's kind of a pessimistic uh, uh, philosophy, right, on life. But it hinges on his concept that there is no life after death. That there is no place. In fact, he's going to talk about God in a moment. And he's going to say, whether God loves you or hates you, who can know? So the view that he has as he looks at life under the sun is that while God exists, while there is a God, God's not involved. God doesn't reach down nor care for the lives of men. They're just given over to chance. And every philosophy that removes God removes the foundation to be able to stand. Now you have no foundation. We've talked about it, right? No foundation for morality. No no foundation for truth. 
What, what is it that you're going to point to? Now it's your opinion against my opinion. Now we're, we're all floating through space as just a bunch of uh, uh, space gas that was held together in a bag and one day it's going to pop and all go away. Your thoughts are just brain fizz. Like when you shake up a soda can. If there's no purpose, right? If there's nothing under the sun, if there is no purpose in life, that's all life is. That's the philosophy of Colette. That's why the narrator is going to point us to the Lord as we get to the end. Because once you take God out of the equation, that's what you're left with. That's life under the sun. Ecclesiastes. So he begins. He says, I laid my heart to this, examining everything, how the righteous and the wise and the deeds that are, are, are in the hand of God. So he's saying, hey, there's a God. Right? The things they do are in God's hand. But then what does he say? Whether love or hate, man does not know. He's not talking about man there. The nearest antecedent to those verbs is God. Which means he's saying, whether God loves you or hates you, we can't know. But you're, you're in his hand, right? The whole world's in his hands. We know the song, yes? The, compre- the comprehension for Kohelet is, there is a creator, there is a God, but he doesn't really care. He's busy doing his own thing. And that philosophy, again, that takes, removes the truth, truth of God from what's going on, also erodes all our hope, erodes our foundation and our ability to stand. So we want to understand, hopefully be able to, to comprehend uh, what is going on. Because even though Colette doesn't doubt that the righteous and the wise are in God's hand, he also does doubt whether or not God cares a lick about them. So... At the same time that he's giving hope on one hand, he's taking it away. And he's saying, in context, he's, he's saying to us, we, we can't know whether or not God loves us or hates us. Everything is left to randomness in this earth. In verse 2 he says, it is the same for all. Everybody ends up the same place. Since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who doesn't, as the good is, so the sinner, as he who swears, so he who shuns an oath. So Koalist lists out five different pairs, right? Intending to be opposites. Uh, a way, a poetic way of saying everybody is the same. What's the one thing everyone has in common? The end. In Koalist's philosophy, everyone dies. He says, he goes on to say in verse 3, This is the evil that is done under the sun. The same event happens to all. They all end up in the same place. They all die. The wise man dies. The fool dies. There's no reward. What's the point? What's the point of life? What's the point of living? He says, um, in verse 3, this is the evil. The same thing happens. Also, the hearts of children, the children of man, are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Sheol. They go to the grave. They die. Everybody dies. And because everybody dies, there can be no hope. But you see, when Jesus Christ came, and He gave Himself for us, and He rose again, what He did is conquer death. What does that mean? That means death is not the thing to be feared any longer. Death is a doorway to God. It's not a doorway to the great unknown. If you have faith in Christ, it's a doorway to Him. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's, the, it's our birthday. It's our birthday. When we die here, when our body dies here, it's our birthday in heaven, in God's presence. We're with Him. That's what Jesus Christ has ushered for us. That's what He has accomplished for us. But Colette's philosophy says there is not a, a God who loves the world that would send His only begotten Son. He says, there's a God out there who doesn't, whether he loves us or hates us, who can know? Who can know? This is life under the sun. All life under the sun is evil, and the worst one is man's heart. Now that, he agrees with the Bible, right? Any of you guys watch The Walking Dead? Yeah, there's one person who will admit it, and a couple people who are afraid. It's all right. I'm not going to send you a letter after. 
but somebody will send me one. The, in the show, The Walking Dead, the amazing thing about that show is that the living are more evil than the dead. That's it's part of the emphasis of the show. The, the zombies, you expect zombies to try to eat you, right? That's kind of the, the, the nature of a zombie. But the evil that the people who aren't zombies do to each other, they kill each other and steal from each other, and are, it's horrible. It's, but it's a, to me, that's the one thing that's an accurate reflection in that show, and that is that the evil that man will do to one another. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Now, does that mean that an evil man can't do a good thing? Sure. I, well, I bet even Hitler did good things. I bet even Stalin did good things. But the end result is what? What was his heart ultimately? What did he accomplish ultimately? What was his design ultimately? More, just pain and suffering. Coalette says, life under the sun is evil. And that, he's correct. So God had an answer. God said, look, life under the sun, it's evil. He said, I will not always strive with man. His years will be 120. He brings judgment. He brings his prophets. He brings redemption and salvation so that man doesn't have to walk all his days evil under the sun. But Coalette, he doesn't know that. He doesn't see that. Look at verse 4. But he who is joined with all the living has hope. So it almost sounds like he's saying something good, right? He who has, if you're alive, you have hope. Why? Because a living dog is better than a dead lion. Okay. But right when I think it was getting good, he pulls the rug out from under me. I think this is, if you're a sarcastic guy, Ecclesiastes ought to ring true. You ought to be able to find a lot of sarcasm in this book. A lot of sarcasm ought to come jumping out at you. He says there's hope, but it's a false hope. You're, you're, you're a living dog. <laughs> That's better than a dead lion, but you're going to end up like the lion. Right? Everybody is going to the same place. Look at verse 5. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Now this is one of the scriptures people use to, to establish doctrine. Now that you understand the context of Ecclesiastes, does that make sense? Yes, this is truly Coalette's philosophy. The Bible's telling us the truth about what Coalette believes. That doesn't mean it's true. Do we understand the difference? The Bible would tell the truth about Herod telling a lie. Won't it? But Herod's statement is still a lie. Right? Are we tracking? Caiaphas prophesied. He said it is, it is, uh, it's not the right word. It is proficient for one man to die for the sins of all the people. And the Bible says that he prophesied, didn't even know he prophesied. Did he have any idea what he was saying? No. When we look at, the word of God is going to tell us the truth. But for us to run to Ecclesiastes, to come up to, with a doctrine of soul sleep, or come up with a doctrine of uh, uh, the, the, the soul ending, existence ending at death, then you have to buy the rest of Colette's philosophy. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I don't get to just go to Ecclesiastes and take a verse out and say, here's my verse, this is the one I'm going to use. But I'm ignoring all the philosophy that says, whether God loves us or hates us, we can't tell. Whether or not God exists, doesn't really matter. Everything under the sun is hopeless and dreary and there's no point to life. I don't see anybody making a doctrine out of those statements. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We want to be consistent with what Scripture is talking about in... Context. When he says this, Coalette is laying out his frustration. What's he saying? When's the last time you talked to a dead person? It's probably been a while, right? Or here's another one. When's the last time a dead person talked to you? Please don't tell me about it. <laughs> the point is, what he's laying out is when you die, you're gone. You're out of life where? You're out of life where? Under the sun, right? His focus is life where? Under the sun. You've left life under the sun, and now you're forgotten. You go away. The advantage of the living over the dead is that the living know they're going to die. And the dead, they don't know anything. Because they're no longer in life 
under the sun. This is sarcasm, right? If you need uh, a course on sarcasm, I'll be happy to teach one later. I have been told I have the gift of it. So, But the idea is, this is sarcasm. Hey, it's great to be living. Living are better than dead because the living know they're going to die. And the dead know nothing. If you listen to that, it's dripping. It's dripping with sarcasm. Verse 6, their love and their hate and their envy, they've all perished. What's he saying? First he starts off with something good. Love. Their love is gone. What else is gone? Their hate and their jealousy or their envy. All of these things have perished and forever they have no more share in what? What's it say? Have no more share in what is what? Done under the sun. No more share in life under the sun. Okay, in in, uh, in verse 7 he goes on. He goes on. Go, eat your bread, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved of what you do. So this, he goes back to his philosophy, right? Every time he reaches a point of uh, uh, pessimism, what's he go back to? Carpe diem. Eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow you're going to die. Eat, drink, and merry. Tomorrow. What's he saying right here? So he's saying, eat your bread with joy, drink wine, have a merry heart, for God has already approved of what you do. Let your garments always be white. Let not oil be lacking from your head. Enjoy the life with the wife that you love all the days of your, how's he put it? Vain life. Don't lose track of what he's saying. We, we say vain and we think, you know, maybe we think of a song. So, uh, you're so vain. I remember I had a girl sing that one time to me. I thought it was good. Wow, that's cool. I didn't have no idea what vain meant. You're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you, right? Nobody knows it? Any, any of you guys ever had a girl sing that to you? Okay, I found out after she was done, it was a bad thing. It was a bad, that was not so good. But, vain means useless. It's, you enjoy all your useless life. Okay, that, that's, that don't sound so good, right? Enjoy all your useless life, all your vain life, all the days of your vain life that He, God, has given to you where? Under the sun. Under the sun. Once you have a disconnect with God, everything begins to lose its foundation and sense. Why? Because that's your portion in life. That's the most you can hope for. That's the meaning of life. Eat, drink, be merry, and die. There's nothing else, nothing else is going to matter. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Why? For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in hell. That's what Sheol is. Sheol is the Hebrew equivalent of Hades. But a better understanding of it would be the grave. So what's his focus? You're going to die. So work to your heart's content because after you die, there's no more work. Do all that you can do under the sun. Because once you're not under the sun anymore, there's no life. There is, no, there is nothing. There's no reason. So you take God out of the equation. People struggle with this all the time. You take God out of the equation and you have no reason for anything you do under the sun. Well, sure I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed the hungry. I'm going to feed the poor because I I just think that's the right thing to do. Well, congratulations. That's a great theory. Now, what if somebody comes beside you and says, we shouldn't feed the poor, we should shoot them. On what will you hang the fact that you're right and they're wrong? Well, because what I think is better. I mean, everybody would know. Everybody I asked would know. You, You sure? Because I can take you to places in Africa where that's not what they'll tell you. They'll say there's too many poor. Shoot them. Then there'll be enough food for the rest of us. Sometimes you've got to be willing to make the hard choices in life. How do you tell them they're wrong if you take God out of the equation? You're going to go to the UN and make a vote? Is that how we're going to decide truth from error? You, You realize that the UN has never sided with Israel once in Israel's history, right? Well, maybe Israel's wrong all the time, but I I have a hard time believing somebody's wrong all the time. No? 
Is that the way we're going to decide truth? By popularity? If that's, if that's the case, Trump is right. And everything he does. And stop complaining about what he, what he tweets and what he says and who he fires and whether or not he ever did anything wrong. Stop complaining about all of it. Because truth is he got the vote. He's in. That makes everything he does true. Is that how we're going to decide? Is that how you're going to decide with your children now when your children do something wrong? Well, your son or daughter comes to you and says, Well, Dad, I don't really think that's wrong. Well, it is wrong because what? I say so. Oh, cool. Does that work anywhere else? I get pulled over by the cops, and a cop comes up and said, Sir, you were speeding on that motorcycle. It's ridiculous how fast you're going. I should take you to jail. And I say, Look, I just decided I don't have to obey speed limits. I say I don't have to do it. He says I do. Who wins? I'll tell you the truth. (laughs) The strongest one. Right? Is that, how, is that how life is supposed to be? Is that how God intended life to be? Is that the order God created in the universe? All of us know that's wrong. All of us know in our heart that can't work. That can't work. What does work? I know that it's right to feed the poor because God's word says to. I know that it's right not to kill the poor because God's word says murder is wrong. Right? Now I have a foundation to stand on. If once I remove God, I'm like Colet. I've lost my grip on truth, on what's right and what's wrong. It all goes out the window. And I'm stuck with this inconsistent dialogue or monologue that, that Colet gives us, working his way through Ecclesiastes, ultimately saying, I have no understanding for what life means anymore. I can't find it. I've lost it. Everyone dies. Everyone goes in the ground. And that's the last we ever hear of them. Then he talks about time and chance in verse 11. He says, Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor does the bread go to the wise, or riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. What's he saying? Life is all governed by random occurrence. All that you need in order to make randomness make sense is more time. Right? That's why we people struggle so much with the concept of of creation. That God created the heavens and the earth. Well, I don't like where that takes me. Because if I accept that God created the heavens and the earth, now I'm responsible for what God's word says. So I don't like that. So I want to get rid of God, and I'm going to solve it by just saying it's all a bunch of random events, and we just need millions and millions or billions of years to accomplish it. What did that do to your meaning of life? I'll even grant it. Let me grant the, I'll grant their premise. I won't ever do this in reality, but I'll do it for you guys. I grant their premise, randomness over billions of years can accomplish it. Then what does my life mean? Nothing. Why? Because it's just a bag of random events. Has no meaning. It's not going in any direction. A life anchored to randomness is an empty life with no meaning. Coalette's philosophy is where they land. You find any atheist who will be honest with his atheism. And there are some. And they will say the exact same thing Coalette said. I even have a few uh, um, clips on, uh, on YouTube where Jeff Durbin talks to atheists and, and they have honest conversations. And that's exactly what they say. It's exactly what they say. There's no reason for life. It loses its emptiness. And then the next thing that they'll say after that is what? Eat. Drink, be merry. Do what you will. Somebody else wrote that, didn't they? You guys don't know that quote? Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Oh, it's a little known book. When I was a kid, I, I always wanted to go see if I could find it in the bookstore. It seemed like I always could. It is the Satanic Bible. 
by Anton LaVey. The whole of the law shall be, do what you want. Isn't that Colette? There is no purpose. There is no reason. This is all there is. Now he's going to say, he's going to say that, that the, it doesn't go to the swift. It doesn't go to the intelligent. It doesn't go, it, it's, life's not fair. Wait, when your kids were little, how many of you told that to your kids? Yeah, are we still teaching? Are we still reminding ourselves? Sometimes life's not fair. Well, have you ever felt like this? Since I already talked about speeding. If you're in a big pack of speeding cars going down the freeway and the cop pulls you over. But there was six guys around you. How come just me? Why don't you go get them? In fact, one of them guys passed me. He's going faster. Yeah? What's Coalette say? Life's not fair. That's his gripe. Life's not fair. Things don't work out like they should work out. So he's saying we, we, we need to hear the, the shock in Colette's statement when he says to these guys, wisdom is better than folly. It's better to be wise than it is to be a fool. But we're all going to die. And chance is the ruler of it all. So why be wise? Why not be a fool? Who knows who's going to win in the end? It's all random. He talks about the limitations of wisdom next. Verse 13. I have seen this example under the sun. It seemed like a, uh, seemed like a great example to me. There's a little city with a few men in it. And the great king came against it and besieged it. Building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. So what did he get for a reward? Nothing. So, on one hand, wisdom is greater than might. It delivered all the people. But as soon as they were delivered, everybody forgot them. Oh, that's not really how life is under the sun, is it? <laughs> how many times, have you ever bailed somebody out? Please, 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 please. If you just bail me out this time, man, I promise this will never happen again. No, you guys ain't never heard that? Man, I hear that every week. Somebody comes to church and says, come on, just this time, this one time. This, this, just, just two times. Just three times. Just one more time. Happens all the time. What's he laying out? What's he telling us? People forget. People forget their vows. They forget when somebody helped them out. Right? How many stories have we heard about somebody, maybe you haven't, but, but I've heard of a few stories about somebody helping someone out who was homeless, maybe struggling with drugs. They bring them into their house. They help them, kind of try to get their life straight, only to get ripped off by them and they take off. You guys never heard of that before? That's what he's talking about. That's what he's saying. Hey, there, here's wisdom. Hey, here's compassion. Here's, these are good things, but under the sun, without having a foundation in God and a reason behind it, what's the point of it? They just do it again. They forgot him. I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is hated and his words not heard. They forgot about him the day after. The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. He can acknowledge it's better to listen to the wise man. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But it just takes how many to mess it up? Just takes one sinner to destroy much good. That's life under the sun. If, if our motivation, if I can't say like Paul did... When Paul said it's the love of Christ that compels me, then I'd quit. Why ever have compassion for anybody? How many people did Jesus have compassion for that spit in his face on the day he was walking down the Via Della Rosa? How many of those people on that road to the Via Della Rosa, on his way to the cross, as he carried the cross, spitting and yelling and cursing at them, how many of them ate bread at the Sea of Galilee when he fed 5,000? How many of those people knew somebody who had been lame and he healed? Blind, he gave sight. 
a leper who he cleansed. If we follow Colette's, Colette's philosophy, then Jesus should have come down off the cross when they said, if you are the Son of God, get off the cross. He should have come off the cross and said, you're all going to burn, and went away. But that's not what he did, right? So like Paul, I can say it's the love of Christ that compels me. It's following his example. That's why we continue to stick out our hands all day long to a disobedient and contrary people. Why? Because that's what God does. That's what he did with me. He held out his hands to me for 13 years and I slapped him away. I'm glad he didn't only do it for 12. I'm glad he didn't give up. He waited just long enough for me to realize, yep, you know what, those are the arms I want. And I'm being a knucklehead. And life under the S-O-N instead of under the S-U-N, man, that's way better. That philosophy makes sense, gives us hope as we continue through the journey. Listen, as he, as he lays out for us in Ecclesiastes 10, Proverbs, a list of Proverbs about wisdom. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. Oh, what's another way to say it? How much dog poop should I put in the brownie? If I just use a little, will you still eat it? Oh, just a little. Right before, right before I, I used this spoon to, to mix the brownies, I used it to clean up all the dog mess in the yard. But I think it was pretty clean when I stuck it in the brownies. But you know, when you start mixing it around in the brownies, who could really tell? You want some? <laughs> this is the proverb. A little flies in the perfume make the perfume stink. Right? Oh, you want to rub this perfume on? Not with a bunch of dead flies in it. Yeah, no, no, I don't want any. How much bad does it take to make something good bad? Not very much. What did Jesus say? A little leaven? Leaven's how much? The whole lump. It gets in it all, right? Dead flies. Uh, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Just being a little bit of a fool is being a fool, period. <laughs> a wise man's heart makes him want to go to the right. A fool's heart makes him want to go to the left. So I'm going to make a doctrine on this. All right-handed people are wise and all left-handed people are fools. Wasn't that what he says? Oh, yeah. That's not what he says. No, he's saying the wise, wise one walks a certain path and the fool walks another path, right? And you'll be able to know because they're not on the same path, right? The wise go one way, the fool goes the other. Ultimately, the wise is going toward the Lord and the fool toward destruction, right? That's what Proverbs said. He says, even when a fool walks the road and he lacks sense, he says to everyone that he's a fool. Can you tell a fool's a fool? Sometimes we have a saying. What's that saying? Better to be silent and thought a fool than to open my mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah? The point that Colette says is, just watch a fool and you'll find out he's a fool. Yeah? I, you watch me long enough, I'll do something dumb. I promise. Usually when we do something dumb, what do we do? We look around to check and see if... Did anybody see that? Did anybody see me... Drop my motorcycle in a parking lot. First thing you do, pick it up. Second thing you do is look around. <laughs> Anybody see that? Uh, I hope nobody saw that. Yeah? Or if you slip and fall, you get up quick. If you're able to, you get up quick. And what's the next thing you do? Man, <laughs> glad nobody saw that. I was at Rocket Car Wash. Got my truck wash in the winter. That was dumb. I, I, they, I pulled the truck around, so I'm going to vacuum it out. So I park over there, you know where the vacuums are? I jump out of the truck, hit the ground. Do you know what the ground is in the winter there? Ice. Ice! My feet came all the way up to my ears. The back of my head hit the step on my truck. 
whacked it. Boom! And I hit the ground. Funk! And then, that's a lot of weight, by the way, hitting the ground. That'll break most things. So I hit the ground, and now it was hard to get up quick in the ice. But I got up as quick as I could, and when I looked around to see if anybody was watching, a little old lady pulled up to ask me if I was okay. Yeah, so it was very nice, but at the same time, very embarrassing. Just just move along, there's nothing to see here. Right? Right? Isn't that what we want? Yeah, you watch a fool long enough, he'll do something to make sure you know he's a fool. If the anger of a ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. Now, the Bible talks about that too. What does it say? A soft answer turns away wrath. I'm not saying nothing Coalette says is true. I'm just saying his philosophy is life under the sun apart from God. And eventually it always reaches the point of hopelessness. Look at the verse 8 through 11. He's going he's gonna to talk to us. Well, let's do 5 to 7. I don't want to skip it. There's an evil heart that I have seen under the sun. As it were, an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is said in the high places... The rich are put in low. I've seen slaves on horses and princes walking around like slaves. What's he saying? There's an evil on the earth. This is what I see. The world is upside down. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. Isn't, doesn't the world look a little upside down? That's what he's saying. That's, that's, that's what he's talking about. Hey, the world is upside down. It's upside down. Why? Listen to his reasons. He who dugs a, dug a pit fell into it. Sometimes you're doing something good and you get hurt, right? A serpent bites the one who's breaking through a wall, trying to do a good thing, but something bad happens. He who quarries stone is hurt by him, trying to do a good thing, but something bad happens. He who splits logs is endangered by them. Yeah, he's doing a good thing, but sometimes bad things happen. This is his problem. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, you have to use more strength to use it. Right? you got to swing the axe harder. But wisdom, if you use wisdom, the fruit of wisdom will be success. Now, it sounds good, right? Well, that that sounds good. Right? If I have wisdom and I have a dull axe, what am I going to do? Sharpen the axe, and then it'll work better. Right? The fruit is, uh, I'll have success because I used wisdom on the axe. Yeah? You with me? And then, right when you think he's saying something good, he says, But if the serpent bites before it is charmed, then there's no advantage to the charmer. The point is, a guy knows how to charm a snake, and so he comes in to do his snake charming, but the snake bites him first. His wisdom didn't help him at all. On the one hand, wisdom the fruit of wisdom is success, but on the other hand, Sometimes bad things happen to wise people too. Now, isn't that true in life? When you look around at the world, isn't that true? One of the things I can't stand, sorry, maybe because I'm a pessimist, one of the things I can't stand about Christian movies is when they always end happy. I've been a pastor for 25 years. The story don't always end happy. The person you pray for does not always get healed. I won't say they never get healed. I have seen God do amazing things, but they don't always. Everything doesn't always work out like you think it should. The bad guy doesn't always end up going to jail, and the good guy gets to have a parade. Sometimes the bad guy gets a parade, and the good guy goes to jail. That's life, right? Is, Is it not true? That's true. How do we endure life under the sun that's upside down? I surrender life under the sun that is upside down to Jesus Christ. And He says to me, I will make all things new. All the things that are wrong in your life, I'm going to turn them upside right when you get to me. When you get to me, I'll make everything new. And so I hold on to that promise. I don't always get the answers. I don't always get the answers for the why this went that way and why that went this way. But what I do is I trust Jesus. My hope is in Him. That when I stand before Him, and He says, I make all things new, that my eternity with Him will be so much better than whatever went sideways on earth, that I'm just not going to care a lick. 
And we can all imagine something like that. We can all imagine something being so good that it would cause us to forget all our hurts. All the wrongs. You say, oh boy, that'd have to be good. What do you think it's going to be like when you stand and look at Jesus? I, I would say he is the greatest treasure anywhere. I don't care what you compare him to, he's better than it. And when I stand before him, all the sideways things in my life, I'm not going to care. He will make it all new. He'll make my existence better just by being in his presence. That's what Coalette doesn't have. Coalette only has hope under the sun. And if that's the only place you have hope, man, that's a bummer. Yeah, life's not so good. I understand why you're, why you're upset. He talks about fools, verse 12 to 15. The words of the wise man's mouth wins him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. Same, same story, right? If you follow the fool, let him talk long enough, he hangs himself. You ever done that with your kids? You ever get your kids come home and they, they, they uh, start telling you a story and you're pretty sure that the story's not true? All you got to just sit back and let them talk. Before long, they're going to paint themselves straight into the casket that you want to put them in. Yeah? I once sat in a cubicle at Joshua Springs with my son Cole. So hopefully he's not listening. I'm sitting with him and I said, Cole, I know where you were last night. I know who you're with and what you did. You have one and only one chance to tell me the truth. And so he took the bet. Does dad really know? Or doesn't dad really know? Well, between me and you, dad really knew. And he lied. And I burned him. Not physically, Rusty. (laughs) But his punishment, he had an A and B punishment laid out before him. If you tell me the truth... A will happen. If you lie to me, B will happen. You get to pick. All you have to do is give a fool enough time. The Bible says that we're going to be judged by, if, we're not, if we are not clothed in the righteousness of Christ, we're going to be judged by every word you ever spoke. Anybody want that judgment? Yeah, me neither. I don't want that judgment. Says a fool multiplies his words, though no man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will be after him? How can you tell a fool he's wrong? That's what Colette's saying. How can you tell him he's wrong? How do you know? Because you're wise. If you throw God out the window, you have no foundation to stand on. The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. He's wandering around. He's never going to find his way. But you can't tell him, nor is he going to stop and ask for directions. Right, guys? We're just going to keep on going. Verse 16. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. I read this verse often. That's all I'm going to say. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. It's better to have a mature king than an immature king, right? It's better to have a king who walks in truth than a king who walks in lies. Yes or no? It's not hard to decide, right? He's saying, which is better? Is a king a blessing or a curse? Verse 18, though sloth, or through sloth, the roof falls in. Through indolence, the, the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter, wine gladdens life. Money is the answer to everything. Is that right? While you're making doctrine out of Ecclesiastes, is that right? Is money the answer to everything? Uh, it helps. It, it certainly doesn't hurt any more than everything else, right? That's his point. Eat, drink, be merry. Live what you can live for. Grab what you can while you can, because tomorrow you're going to die. Then he says, be careful what you say. 
Even in your thoughts, don't curse the king. Nor in your bedroom, curse the rich. For the bird will carry the sound of your voice. Or some winged creature will tell the matter. Ooh, that's kind of mysterious, no? Somehow the king's going to find out. Be careful what you say. Over and over and over again, Colette is, is working. On, on the one hand, he has something. He gives you a little nugget. And you say, yeah, well, that's right. But then he follows it through. He follows his philosophy, but there's no God. There's no God. There's no God. Eat, drink, and be merry, because the best you can hope for is to die. That's the philosophy. Life without God. That's where it ends. That's where it always is going to go. Life with God won't be easier. Life with God doesn't mean you won't suffer. Life with God doesn't mean all your prayers will be answered. Life with God doesn't mean you have a big pot of gold under your pillow when you wake up tomorrow. But life with God does mean you have Jesus Christ. And He promises you more than you could ever get in any of those other things. In Him. And I have faith that that's true. And so I live by that foundation. And it gives me hope. Amen? Why don't you guys stand let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for an opportunity to work our way through this book, God. And I pray... I know it's difficult and it's not easy and sometimes uh, handling the Word of God properly can be a challenge. But we don't handle it any different than we would handle any other type of uh, literature that we would read. We handle it in its context. What's going on? What's happening in this book? What are we being shown? What is He talking to us about? He says, if I throw away this foundation that I have a God in heaven who loves me who loves me enough to reveal himself to me, who loves me enough to cross the chasm of existence, to enter into my reality, and to leave me with a path to follow him into heaven. If I don't have that, if that's a lie, then I don't have anything. And there's no meaning to life. But if that's true then the summation of the matter, the whole totality of life, the meaning of life is to love God and keep His commandments, to follow Him. Because He's going to bring us through the valley of the shadow of death and help us to enter into paradise with Him. That's what the book is about. God, help us see. Give us eyes. Give us ears. Give us a heart willing to receive understand, hold fast to what you say. Be glorified in this place, God, because we want to put our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.